welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. Hallelujah. Well, great to see everybody today. Amen. That was a good word, David. And um, I love the blood of Jesus. Amen. There's not a day goes by that I don't thank God for his blood and that I don't use it against the enemy. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray as we gather around the word today. Lord God, we just thank you for this opportunity that we have of coming afresh around your word, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's powerful. Hallelujah. We thank you that it builds our faith. Hallelujah. We thank you. It lights up our path. Lord, that you give us ears to hear what you have to say this morning. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So we've been carrying on um, our start in a series last week on the armor of God, and we're going to continue that this week. So I'm just going to do a very quick recap. Who was not here last week? Just so that I know. Okay, there's quite a few. So I'll do it. I'll, I'll fly through a wee recap here, and then we'll get on to another piece of armor. Amen? So let's turn to um, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're starting in verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And so Apostle Paul here has been teaching. He's, been, he's written this letter to the Ephesians. And he wrote that from a prison cell in Rome. So he would have been looking at Roman soldiers, you know, as he's writing this letter. And he was looking, you know, this is the armor of God that the children of the Lord have. And he goes on to explain this. So verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. So we looked at that last week, that that's not an option. It says be strong. It's a command. Be strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. Be strong. Be in the Lord, hallelujah, and in the power of his might. And so we looked at that word strong, and it comes from a Greek word, and it's made up of two words. The first is en, which means into, so it's in dunamo. And the first is into, and it means the second part is dunamis, which come, we get the word dynamite from. So this pic, it, it represents a picture of explosive power that is being deposited in some sort of a container or a vessel. And in this case, us, we got the power. Who's got the power of Holy Ghost inside of them? Amen. And if you've got the power of Holy Spirit inside of you, that power wants to get out, wants to get out. I heard a number of years ago, I just got that impression, you know, let me out, let me out, let me out. Holy Spirit, he wants to be led out. He wants us to lay hands on the sick, see them recover. He wants us to open our mouth, tell people about the good news of the gospel. So we're made, we're made to be carriers of this power. Hallelujah. And we're transformed when you're, we're new creations in Christ Jesus. And that power in us transforms us. Hallelujah. So, um, then we looked at the, the word there, power of his might. And that word power is from the Greek word kratos, the Greek word kratos. 
And that means strength. It means victory over something. It means taking something by force. It means storming something. It's demonstrated power. It's not a power that you just believe in. It's a demonstrated power. Hallelujah. The power of his might. And when we look at the word might there, that's talking, that word, when you look at the Greek for might, it means a strong man, such as a mighty man with great muscular capabilities. And it's used in the New Testament to picture God as one who is able, one who is mighty. Hallelujah. He's got all the might and ability to overcome any foe. Amen. So we have, we can, these this verse, Paul saying, be strong in him, in the Lord, not in us, not in Karen, not in Carol herself, in the Lord. Amen. Be strong in him and the power of his might. Romans 8, 31 says, if God is for us, who, what being, demon, man can be against us. Amen. God is for us. Who can be against us? Then the next verse, verse 11, it says, put on. And we talked about that's up to us. God's not going to come and put on this armor. We've got to put on. He provides it. He makes it available. But we have got to take the action of putting on the armor. And I would say, don't take it off. Don't take it off. Put on the whole armor. And it says the whole armor there, not parts. You know, there's six pieces actually. Rick Renner, he brings out that there's actually a seventh piece of armor. So you have to put on all of these, all of this armor, the whole armor of God, so that you'd be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen? And we looked last week to say the wiles of the devil, that word, it means trickery. It's the schemings of the devil, and we took a wee bit of time to talk about the scheming and how he schemes and he plans things. Do you know he's always scheming? He's a big schemer, the biggest schemer. He's always planning. He's planning an attack. He's planning, how can I get him? How can I get her? He's watching. He's looking at our patterns. He's looking at our coming and our going. He's watching what gets us in the flesh. What's our flesh weakness? And he studies. Looking for opportunity. Looking at our personality. Looking at the best way to get us in our personality. And cause somebody with an opposite personality to come and whoop. And there's an argument there. Get us off course. To get us distracted. Whatever it is. And he's not only looking at you, but he's looking at your spouse if you're married. He's looking at your child. He's looking at relationships around about you. And he's studying the, them to cause arguments, to cause hassle. He's a schemer. And, you know, we're not told here to stand against the devil's power, but we have to stand against his deception, his trickery, his sneaky schemings. As was said last week, if he came to you and he's dressed in a red suit and he comes with two horns and, and a pitchfork 
and he's coming at you, well, you'd know, wouldn't you? And you'd do something about it. You'd be very quick, as David said, the blood. David, in that testimony, relied on the Holy Spirit was telling him what demon there was in front of him and, you know, what he was instructed to do. He was listening, and that's why we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We have everything we need, everything. God has made a way for everything. Hallelujah. So we looked last week. I don't want to take time looking at the scriptures, but we know how he schemed. And way back in Genesis, you know, he, he, he had said, did God say don't eat of that tree? Because the enemy is out to counteract the word of God, just out to come against the word, challenge the word all of the time. And so if you're standing the promise of God, guess what? The enemy's going to come with lies. He's going to come with people saying, did you really hear right? Does the word really mean that? Is that a promise you can really stand on? Or you've been standing that promise for days and months and even years. Are you ever going to see that fulfilled? The word is the word and it will not return to God. It will not return void is what the word says. Hallelujah. So he's trying to, to mislead all of the time. And then verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So flesh and blood, people are not our problem. Where we have a problem with people is when they yield to spirits. And every one of us can do that. We've got to not yield to those spirits. When we yield to those spirits, then those spirits working through the people become our problem, you understand. But the people themselves are not. So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And then we come to verse 13, and it says, take up, that's an action word, take up, take it to you. It's your responsibility again, the whole armor of God, that you're able to withstand in the evil day. That evil day means it's a day of attack. It's the day when all the schemes come to manifestation and they're thrust at you. So in the evil day, the day of attack. And then having done all, stand. Having done all, you stand. You resist. You stand. Amen? And then going on to verse 14. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. And so the first part of the armor is the waist, the waist belt girded with truth. We looked at that. We looked at the Roman soldiers. They, they, had, they wore this belt, and this belt was very important. It was the most central part of the weaponry. The belt held everything together. Um, the sword was hooked into the belt. There was a clip. The shield was attached to the clip in the belt. And so if a Roman soldier was going into battle and they didn't have that belt, they were going into battle unprepared, very vulnerable, probably going to be killed. The belt was a central piece to the weaponry. And so here, Paul is saying, our central piece is truth. Our central piece is the word of God. That's why we want to be in the word of God. We want to be in the word more this year than we've ever been before. Because it's the central piece that all the other weapons hang on to. You know, we know that Jesus defeated the enemy with it is written when he was tempted. It is written. It is written. It is written. We need to know the word to be able to say it is written. Hallelujah. 
And we looked at Ephesians 4, um, verse 14 to 15 last week. Reading from the New King James, Ephesians 4, verse 14 to 15 says that if that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, that talks about unstable and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and in cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things unto him who's the head, Christ. Hallelujah. So here Paul says, you know, instability, you see instability in a person who's not established in the truth. So whenever someone comes to Christ here in this church, what we like to do is get them doing first steps, the connect classes and, you know, get them into a life group, do, you know, baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Spirit, going through an encounter. In other words, being discipled in the word of truth, Okay very important so that they start to become stable they start to grow up in truth that they may grow up in all things so truth's going to protect from enemies lies truth's going to protect from deception hallelujah so um as we go that we know the holy spirit is called the spirit of truth we've got the word of truth we're equipped with truth and that's going to help us stand against every lie of the devil. Second Corinthians 4.4 4 calls Satan the God of the, this world. And we know he is ruling by deception. He's trying to rule by deception. Hallelujah. So he uses that power, deception. But we can stand against it when we have truth. But we're foolish not to be in this world. Foolish. If we're not in this world, we're open to be deceived and you know what deception has a blinding element to it if you really think about it who's ever maybe warned a, a friend or warned somebody in the family for instance you know sally she be she could be going into this relationship with this guy he seems very plausible but but you know something about this guy and you can just see this is not right Anybody experience even can relate in that. You've been warned, this, is, this relationship is not right. Maybe it's been even a child or, you know, an adult child. You may say, I, I don't feel good about it. It's not right. But Sally herself can't see. What's the whole, the phrase? Love is blind. There's, so deception has this blinding element to it. The enemy comes to blind, blind our eyes. And I say as well, deception is contagious. Here's why. The word says, stay out of gossip. Stay away from gossip. Don't be involved in gossip. Don't be involved in chitter chatter, chitter chatter. How do you know you're not receiving a half truth? How do you know you're not receiving a three quarter of the truth? But there's a bit missing. And that wee bit missing is deceptive. And the enemy can use it to blind you. So you stay away from gossip. You stay away from idle chatter. Deception is contagious. It's human nature. It, it's the old man. Remember the, in, in Ephesians here, in chapter 4, Paul says, put off the old man. Put off the way we used to be. Put on the new man. But that old man, that old self tries to 
drag us back into stuff like that. And we have a huddle going on and, you know, the phone, the hot wire, the phone, 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 phone. And there's, but there can be an element of deception. But when we stay to this word, we're safe. When we read in this word, we're not going to gossip and we're going to obey that. We're safe. But if you violate this word, you come out of that blessing umbrella and you're open to the enemy. So staying in the word, staying in the truth, hallelujah, is important. And test the spirit. If you are hearing things, if you're talking to people, test the spirit that that person is coming with. Amen? And watch who you fellowship with. That's very important. Watch who you fellowship with. So this is the, our belt of truth, this word, the written word of God. Hallelujah. It's a standard for us to keep us and to guard us against deception. James 8 and verse 31 and to 32 says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. Verse 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This is very important here. It says, you'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's not the truth that sets you free. Is it not, Pastor Karen? It's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth that you know and that you apply that sets you free. Isn't that right? It's the truth that you know that sets you free. You know, this is truth, but if you don't know it, you could still be in bondage. If you don't know that the word says, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed already, you could still be in bondage to disease, and bondage to sickness. So this truth that you know is the one that sets you free. Then we looked at the second piece of armor, and it says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. And we looked at, the, you know, the, the Roman soldier. This was the heaviest piece of armor that he'd wear. It was very beautiful. It was made of metal. And when they all went out to in, in, you know, as an army into battle, and the sun shone on this metal, it would have a reflective element to it. It would blind the enemy. And it was just brilliant, shone brilliantly, and it was offensive. It was offensive, but also defensive. We looked last week that, Front and back, it protects all the vital organs, this breastplate. And you know, even just like the heaviest thing, part of the armor was this, it's our heaviest thing because we are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's awesome. That it's not my righteousness, not self-righteousness, but we're made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's made me righteous. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So truth protects against deception. Righteousness, as we looked last week, protects against condemnation, against guilt and shame and a sense of failure or, or unworthy, feeling unworthy. Amen. We can be confident we can be confident in the righteousness that God gave. So let's just go on to the next piece. And we see that in verse 15. Having shod your feet with the preparation 
of the gospel of peace. Now that word shod there in the Greek, it means something tightly bound around the, the bottom of a person's feet. So Roman soldiers, they had this like leather strap there in the left. You see that leather strap shoe and they could tighten it really, really tight. And that was so important. It was tightly bound around them um, because they needed to move quickly. And who's ever tried on loose shoes? Tried to walk in them? I mean, see if my slippers aren't in the hall or something, and I grab Brian's hard slippers to go out into the garage. That's okay, it does me, you know, and, but I'm going a lot slower because they're slipping off of me. So those shoes had to be very tightly bound around the Romans' feet. And it says here that these shoes represent movement so the soldier could move quickly and we need to be able to advance we need to be able to move quickly but our shoes are shoes of peace we're not wearing those leather shoes we're wearing shoes of peace and when we move in the peace of God we're able to advance Isaiah 55 and verse 12 reading New King James says for you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace so we're led forth with peace. How do you know that you make, you, you've got a decision to make? How do you know that you're on the right track? It's the peace. It's the peace of God. We're on the right track because of that peace. And so when we are walking in God's peace, when we're moving in God's peace, that's our protection. We're protected. And in Colossians and chapter 3, verse 15, it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And that word rule means in the Amplified, they use the word act like an umpire continually. Settling. So it's like set, let it just settle things in your heart. Let that peace of God rule. Let it act like an umpire. Let it settle in your hearts. That's why we always counsel people. You don't make decisions without the peace. You wait for the peace. Don't move without the peace. Don't make a decision without the peace. If you're married, husband and wife, you don't move. One of you may say this, the other one may not be ready or it may not be the right decision at all. But even if it ends up becoming the right decision, it will be the right decision when the both of you are in peace. And if the both of you never get into peace, well, it's the wrong decision. Peace is so important. Do not move without that peace of God. And then there's a word preparation there. Having your feet shod with a preparation of the gospel of peace. That preparation, it, it carries the idea of readiness for movement, being prepared. You know, Roman soldiers that were always going, they were taking new territory, taking more land all of the time. And likewise, with our shoes of peace, going forward in God, being led forth by the Holy Spirit, led forth in peace, we're taking new ground, taking new territory. You know, Brandon and I, there was a time we were at, we went over to Lima, Peru at the instruction of the Lord in 2004 for three months. And um, we were there with Pastor Peter and Myrta Horning in Peru. And I was part of, she enabled me to be part of her team of women during that time. So I'd really good access to her and she was teaching me different things but I always remember her teaching me about preparation 
And she says, Karen, preparation time is always very important. Do not think that, you know, it's, it's wasted. Don't think that you're doing nothing. If, you know, if you're feeling that, just, set, just see what God's doing in your life because preparation time is so important. And take that time and use it and prepare. For when the opportunity comes, you're ready. But if you've not used that preparation time and whatever that is, whatever what part of life that is, if you've not used that, when the opportunity comes, you're not ready. If you're preparing for a job, and that you're preparing, you're studying around the subject, you're talking to people who, who are already been in that job, uh, they're doing the job, you're, you're getting as much information as you can, you're preparing. And when the job opens up, guess what? You're ready. You're ready to go for that interview. You haven't laid back and not bothered about getting prepared and just been cocky and says, well, I'm going to get that interview anyway. No, you prepare. Preparation is so important. And you're either ready or not, aren't you? Either ready or not. In the morning, sometimes the bride says, are you ready? And I'll go, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm still finishing wee bits of the makeup, shouting down the stairs, yes, I'm ready. And I'm, <laughs> I'm putting on my boots. No. You're either ready or you're not. And he'll say that. If you're ready, you'll be at the door. So, were you ready or not? Isn't that right? You know, as I was thinking of that word ready, Judges, I'm just turning over to Judges chapter 7. You know the story of Gideon. And, um, you know, the Lord says he's going to cause him to lead out the, the people of Israel against the Midianites. And, um, you know, Judges 7, verse 13, it's saying that like the army, the Midianites and the Amalekites, they were as numerous as locusts and their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore and multitude. They had a problem. There was masses, loads of these enemy. And uh, Gideon didn't have a big army. And the army that he did had, did have, God says it's too much. Because God says, I don't want men to get the glory. I want to get the glory. And if you remember the story there, you see it in, in Judges chapter 7. First of all, God says, send Gideon. If you do your math there, send away anybody who's fearful. So he tests anyone's fearful. He says, just go home. 22,000 of the army just went home. 10,000 was left. So they had an army of 32,000. That was nothing compared to the sand of the seashore and all the camels and everything else. They were already outnumbered. God said, but send the fearful home. And then if you look, um, he said, uh, verse 4, the, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them there. Do you know that we're tested by the Lord? I'll test them. Then it'll be that of who I say to you, this one shall go with you. The same will go, or this one shall not go, the same will not go. So the Lord says, everyone that went down to the water, the soldiers that were left, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps. In other words, they were taking up the water into their hand and they were lapping. And the others were getting down on their knees and they were just drinking, 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 drinking. But which, or which soldier there was ready? The one who was down on his knees drinking? Or the one who was looking around, taking up the water to him and lapping. 
It was the lepers, wasn't it? The lepers were ready. God tested. So here he's saying, send the fearful away. You can't do anything with fear. Fear is the enemy's come. And send those away that are not ready. So that gives a wee insight as to God. And he wants us to be ready. But here, when we look at Ephesians chapter 6, it's saying, have your feet shod by the preparation of the gospel of peace. Be ready to share that good news, that gospel. Be ready to share what God's done in your life. Be ready to share, as David did, that, you know, the, the overcoming power of the Lord. Be ready to share how he's healed. Be ready to share how he's provided. Be ready to share other, with other people how he's restored relationship. Be ready to share. Amen? First Peter 3 and 15 in the NIV says, always be prepared, ready to give an answer to everyone and anyone who asks to give a reason for the hope that you have. Always ready. We're ready. Ready to give an answer? Ready? Hallelujah. I want to be ready. You know, some people are very good at giving political views. Some people are very good. We've just passed through a time of COVID and there's a lot of discussions, you know, in the workplaces and on the street and going through the, the tills and wherever you were, the conversation came up and the thoughts about COVID and vaccines or no... And people can engage in that. But do the people of God engage as easily in sharing and being ready to share the gospel as given their political views or, or given their views on masks or vaccines? Because this is what the verse is saying, be ready to share. Amen? And then you see the other piece um, of the, the, the feet armor, the shoes. They were connected to a piece of metal and that covered the shins, that protected the shins. And then finally, on the bottom of the shoe, Roman soldiers had spikes. And so whenever he walked, that spike went into the ground and that held him in place. So when the enemy would come and push, the spike was keeping him in. It was driven in the ground. And he, the enemy's pushing, pushing, pushing this you know, hand-to-hand combat. It was keeping him in place the spikes were keeping him in place and so the peace of god is what keeps us in place the peace of god is what keeps you in position the peace of god is what keeps you where god has planted you when the enemy as david says will want to railroad when the enemy will will want to do anything he can to to take you from church or to keep you from prayer or to take you out of your life group or to say don't even bother going to a life group whatever it is he will do anything he can to keep the people of God from coming together but we're called together amen the ecclesia the church of God and that's where the power is so you know the enemy's going to try he's going to push us over storms are going to come we know that the storm will come, the winds will come, tough times, hard times will come. But aren't we likened to trees? Aren't we likened to that palm tree that just bends in the storm? You know, tropical storms and that tree just bends right over, but it's not uprooted. It's not uprooted. It just, when the storm passes, that tree comes back up the standing position to stand tall again. That's the peace of God. And verse 13 says, having done all 
stand. Having done all, stand. Amen. Um, I'll just quickly start touching here and we can continue again. The next piece of armor, verse 16, is a shield of faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So the shield of faith. Now that word shield, when you look into the Greek word, it means door. So this shield of faith was a big, a big shield. It was a big door-sized shield. It was oblong in its shape. And it protected the whole body, the whole, you know, these shields were made for the Roman soldiers individually because soldiers obviously have been different heights. So mine would have been about that height and it would have been right out in front and covered the whole body. That's faith. Well, how do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. To each one is given a measure of faith. So every one of us given a measure of faith. So don't be sitting here and thinking, well, my shield's a little tiny wee shield. No, your shield is the right size for you. You've got a measure of faith. But what you do is you take that measure of faith and you read this word and you build your faith and your shield gets stronger. It becomes stronger. It becomes fortified. You're using it, but it's enough for you to use the faith that God has given you have it, it's out in front of you, you're hiding behind that, amen, that shield of faith, and um, it says here that you will be able to quench all, what a promise, you will be able, a promise, to quench all, not some, all the fiery darts of the wicked one, what's a fiery dart? A dart, you throw a dart, it's like a tiny arrow, isn't it? Now we are, and they, those darts, and they pierce when you're throwing them at a dartboard. You're going to hope it gets into the dartboard and just doesn't fall off like me. You've got to, and it, the ones that go into the dartboard, there's some force behind it. Isn't that right? The ones that are going to stay, there's a force behind it. Well, that's what the enemy's like. He's throwing darts all of the time. And he's throwing it with a force behind it. But he's not going to get through our shield because we've got our faith shield up. Hallelujah. And it's able to quench all those fiery darts. So what would a dart be? If we look at Proverbs in chapter 12. Proverbs 12 and verse 18. It says, There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. So the piercings of a sword, well, you could say a sword is like a large dart. It's a piercing. Psalm 64 and verse 1, hear my voice, O God. Psalm 64, verse 1, hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked. There you are, plotting the schemings of the wicked from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity who sharpen their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, bitter words. So darts are those penetrating bitter words with a spirit behind. It's not just any words. It's words that have been carefully crafted by the demonic and projected out towards you. 
But when you have your shield of faith up, the darts just ping and fall to the floor. But if you don't have that shield of faith up, then the dart goes in and it pierces hard. So words are weapons. Their words are weapons inspired by evil spirits designed to hurt very deeply, designed to pierce us so that we'll bleed, pierce us so that we'll lose our confidence, uh, feel helpless, pierce us emotionally, try to destroy us. We understand what those darts want to do. But the shield of faith protects. Amen? Another, you could say another dart is doubt. You know, back when Eve, that dart was coming, has God said? It's a dart of doubt. But when the shield of faith is up, you say, no, the word of God says this. I believe the word of God. And that dart just falls off. Amen? Completely falls off, falls to the ground. So faith is important. Developing our faith like that faith muscle is important. Preparation, doing the best. The word says, study yourself to show yourself approved of God. The word says, we're soldiers in his army. Soldiers in his army. That means when the Lord says, do this, you say, okay, sir. Go here. doesn't suit me today. Lord, can I do it tomorrow? No. Now, today, we're soldiers in the army of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, our time has gone, but we'll continue with this series. But um, come on, let's have the worship team up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's just close our eyes. Respond to this word today. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that you've given us every piece of armor. You've told us to put on the armor, Lord God. And Father, we're not taking it off. Lord, I thank you, Father, for the truth that we have. I thank you, Lord God, that we love this truth and we love it more and more in Bangor Community Church. More and more and more, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for righteousness. I thank you for righteousness today. I thank you that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of your righteousness, we can stand justified. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the feet, the peace that we have. Our feet shod with peace. I thank you that we have the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace of God. We're, we're led forth in peace. Lord, I just thank you for just settling things in people's heart today. Lord, the decisions that they're making right now. But Lord, I thank you that they are led by the peace. And if they don't have the peace, then that is that decision is just shelved. If they don't have the peace about taking up that opportunity, they don't take it, but they trust you. 
I thank you that we trust you like never before, Lord. And we don't give in to the lies of the devil saying, well, if you don't take that opportunity now, another one won't come. No, that's a lie because our God is good. Our God is a good God. Our God is a loving God. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for the measure of faith that you've given to each one of us. I thank you for that faith. I thank you for the word of God. Hallelujah. I thank you for that shield that it's able to, Lord God, stand against every fiery dart, every word that would try and pierce and set us off course. I thank you for that shield today. I thank you for the faith today. I thank you for this church that preaches, Lord God, and teaches about walking in faith and walking with Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord God, for all that you have in this new move of God, what David spoke of and declared earlier, Lord God, for visitation in this house. And Father, you need each one of us for that visitation, God. And I thank you that each one of us that you've planted here have a part in that. So Father God, that each one of us play our part. Play our part in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Praise you, Jesus. If there's anything just as we, let's all stand and sing together. As Chris leads us, if there's anything I can agree with you this morning, come forward and I'll be glad to pray with you. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.